Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser, and today's guest is Oakland starter Daniel Mengden, who joins us to discuss his poor spring training and his time at Las Vegas to start the season, Edwin Jackson's influence on his career, plus learn about Mengden's ballet background and his winter exploits, rescuing puppies. All of that next on A's Plus. Today, our guest on the A's Plus podcast is A's starter Daniel Mengden now, and this is your fourth year of kind of going up and down between the, the A's and AAA. Is that, is that right? Yes, fourth year. Oh my gosh, that's time kind of flies. So tell us first of all about your season because um, you had a little bit of a rough spring. What would you say was going on with you this spring? How do you evaluate it? Um, I honestly evaluate it as a spring training. And it's kind of one of those things where you're kind of getting back into it. Uh, you know, we have all the time in the world in the off season to get ready and prepare. But it's totally different when a hitter steps in the box and when you have a real game going on. And I think it's one of those things where you have to just kind of sync up the body, sync up the emotions, and sync up your pitches. And I think it's sometimes it's one of those things that takes a little longer, I guess, to figure out. And, you know, I, like I said, I always look at spring training as, as practice games, which they are. And, you know, if they, if they want to hold those over somebody more than they want like if that was what they want to use to say that's totally fine with me and you know, yeah I didn't have a great spring if you look at it, the numbers and yeah it's just one of those things where I, I view it as kind of get, just getting ready for the season and yeah it's not how I want to pitch you never want to you know no one ever wants to give up runs no one ever likes losing especially me I like winning a lot and most things I do and yeah it's just kind of one of those things where just kind of getting back into a, the swing of things and getting in the groove. Were you a little surprised when you got sent out before the um, team left for Japan? A little bit. I was pretty bummed. Uh, you know, we had a, I thought I had a pretty, pretty good shot of making the team out of this, out of the gate, and that was my whole goal was to make it pull to pull. But things change, and you have to adapt. And that's all this game is: is making changes, finding ways to get better, and going out there and performing. And so I told myself when I went sent down that you know I just keep my, keep it up, keep everything I know I can do, and you know one day I'll be back here. And like I said, it's my fourth year now. I know I know I'm capable of being here, and I want to be here. So it's just kind of one of those things where it didn't work out at the beginning, and now I'm here. So what did you work on when you went to Vegas? Anything in particular, or did you just try to, like, start showing the results that maybe you felt like they were looking for? Um, I mean, we're always trying to get a little better, uh, just trying to work on the overall command, uh, you know, trying to perfect certain pitches, and look. At, we're looking a little deeper into the analytical data, just trying to figure out where my pitches were most effective, and just trying to learn how to throw them correctly and just kind of go from there and work on sequence, sequencing, just kind of a little bit of everything, just making sure that I was ready when I, when I was called back. What, what did, was the data showing? Was there anything in sort of general that, that you looked at that, that you thought like, okay, maybe this we could refine and it'll maybe work with the data? Uh, no, everything was, uh, you know, pretty good. It was just more of the, I guess, it's more so just executing pitches at the right spots. I think that's the name of the game. And... It's just kind of one of those things where, you know, when we have a bad outing, majority of the time it's we're not executing. You know, we're either falling behind and we're forced to throw strikes into, in, into the hitter in a way, or it's just we aren't making good pitches is usually the moral of the story for a pitcher. So it's just more so just executing and trying to be as perfect as possible. Now, obviously, nobody wants to get sent down to start the season, but um, Vegas was a, was a little bit of an interesting experience, I'm guessing. First of all, they opened a new ballpark, and then uh, the aviators were incredibly hot for the first, like, two, three weeks of the season. What was that whole experience like, first with the new ballpark and then with the, the way the team was playing? 
Yeah, we came in with a very, very young, very hungry team, I think. And I think that's kind of why we came out of the gates as hot as we did with our start. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something 15 and 4. Yeah, something six, crazy. Something, yeah, 17 and three, yeah, something, something absurd. And we were having fun and uh, enjoying the new ballpark and all the amenities that came with it. Uh, it's a beautiful ballpark out there. And it's just everything about the ballpark, the people there, and everything to kind of get it started was really great. And I thought it was, you know, a great start to a new ballpark and no better way to do it than like we said going 17-5 whatever or 16-5 whatever it was so you know I think it was great for the ballpark the way we started how hot we were and just in general it was a beautiful place to play. Uh, anybody in particular impress you while you were down there? Obviously Sky Bolt came up briefly so we know he was playing well I know there are a few other guys especially in the the offensive side who were opening some eyes. Yeah Jorge Mateo was hitting the ball very well um, I think he was when I left, he was leading the league in triples. I guarantee he's probably hit three or four more because he's absolute lightning bolt out there. Uh, you know, there, we have a lot of good young guys out there. You know, we got Seth Brown, outfielder, first baseman. I think it's very impressive. I like the way he swings the bat. Uh, you know, Tyler Ramirez also out there in the outfield. You mentioned Sky Bolt. You know, I mean, the team's loaded all the way around. You know, you know Sean Murphy at catching. You got, I think, I, you know, Bo Taylor. I mean, honestly, I, I could name the entire team down there practically. Um, you know, we said, like I said, it's a good young core of guys, and I think a lot of the guys there. I think half of them, I think half is like their first time. I think the other half have a decent amount of time in AAA. So it's a good mix of both. So you have the hungry guys who want to play there and want to earn, kind of earn and show who they are. And then you have the guys that have been around for a little bit who know how to understand the game. And I think it's a good cohesive group and they really understand each other. That's why I think we started out and we're so good because we were able to mesh so well so early. You've obviously worked a lot with Sean Murphy. Um, we always thought that, that we would probably see him here at some point this year. He's had, got a little bit of a knee problem, had some arthroscopic knee surgery. But what do you like about working with him and, and, um, and also what he brings offensively? Yeah, um, just overall, starting from the catching side, uh, I think he receives the ball very well. Of course, he has a plus-plus arm. And one thing I think is very underrated is actually his, uh, his game management. Um, I think him controlling the game in between innings when we talked um, I thought it was, you know, he's very professional. He knows exactly what he's doing. He has a game plan. He sticks to it. And we have, I think, great communication, which I think is absolutely key, is communication between your catcher and pitcher at any level, whoever, whoever your battery mate is. I think you have to be perfectly cohesive to understand everything going on and to be able to have a good game plan to execute the game plan. And offensively, uh, he's swung the bat very well. Um, I've never really seen him hit. I've only seen him catching bullpens and stuff before this year. So getting to see him in games, uh, throwing to him live in ball games, and, and actually see him hit for two months, it was actually very fun to watch. And he's got a cannon too. Yeah, that's why I said plus plus arm. <laughs> plus plus arm. Yes, he really does. Um, so then you come up um, week about a week ago, week and a half ago. Um, I know your first start, you weren't all that happy with the four walks you had. We talked the other day. You said throwing strike one is really what's most important for you. Were you maybe a little also amped up then coming back up? What did you feel was going on in that first start? Yeah, I think it kind of let the game speed up on me just a little bit. And, you know, it's emotions of being back for the first time. It's a big stage and, you know, kind of been down in AAA with, you know, just kind of one of those things where it's kind of, it's, it's a little different. People, I guess people might not understand the adrenaline rush and the, just the excitement it is to play on the biggest stage. You know, we, like I said, we've always dreamed about this since we were little kids. And, you know, every time I have the opportunity to take them out, I cherish it. And I want to try to be out there and be the best I can. 
Um, obviously, your, your second start out, you limit the walks. I think it was just the two in the first inning, which you're being a little bit careful with Castellanos and um, Miguel Cabrera, which makes sense. How how do you evaluate that second start? Because you, you looked much more like your usual self. Yeah, I felt way more comfortable. And, uh, you know, getting, getting a little bit of an early lead is always great. And like I said, it was, it was more so being able to pound the zone and get ahead. Getting ahead of hitters is, is the biggest key for all pitchers. And I just know for a fact that it's, it's, it starts there. And if you execute strike one, everything else is all about executing and kind of lays itself out there for you. So it's, it's all about strike one. Now, you haven't been here uh, this season that long. It's been about a, a little more than a week. But um, since you've been here, the rotation's actually gotten on a pretty nice little roll. What do you see going on here with the rotation? Well, I think, you know, we might have hit a little bump in the road uh, early in the season. You know, we had a tough travel schedule early. But, um, you know, this group's been together for a while now. Uh, we've been around BA for three years now. This is Fire's second year. Me, Frankie, and Bassett have now been together for four, almost, you know, four and a half years. So I think we have a very good understanding of each other and a very good understanding of what we need to do and what we or what we have to do to be successful. Right. And I think it's really nice to have a – like a really cohesive group of us five that, you know, Brett and Mike both had the, the long experience and, you know, the note hitters and the greatness. And you have the young, hungry starters, me, Frankie, and Bass. So I think it's, like I said, another good cohesive mix of us having veteran leadership with young, hungry attitude and molding that into a good pitcher. Frankie and Bassett have both been really solid this year so far. What do you see with them? Have they both kind of taken a, another step? I mean, you've been throughout your career. When you very first came up, you were, you've were you always kind of pitched the same when you've pitched well. But they both seem like they've really done a lot a better job of things like limiting damage and things like that, maybe pitching a little bit more maturely. Yeah, I think it's all about a learning curve. Like you said, maturity. I think our maturity level is way higher than it was of course the first day we got to the big leagues and just now all three of us having four years or parts of four years like you said we're all well, I think all four of us are almost in the same boat in a way uh to kind of bounce around the last four years so we've all had that experience we've all had the disappointment of being sent down over and over and over again so it's kind of one of those things where you can let it tear you apart or you can learn from it and you can come back stronger so I think both of us or all three of us through our turmoil and you know defeats that I think that we've been able to mature and learn how to become a good pitcher and know what to do in certain situations, know when you can you know, skim and try to be nitpicky and then know when you have to go attack. Have any of the veterans been particularly helpful for you as you've kind of like learned the ropes in the big leagues or how to pitch to guys or just how to handle yourself? Uh, actually, one of my favorite pitchers I've ever been on was Edwin Jackson. And I mean, I think you can, I think anybody can say good things about Edwin, but just the knowledge of the game, being able to slow down the game and just understand that it's a game. And just being able to talk with him and having him around the last two years uh, on and off through AAA and the big leagues, I really tried to cling to him and talk to him just about pitching, about life, about everything in general, because clearly he's he has it figured out pretty good. So, I, and, and he's a great, like I said, a great teammate all the way around. And, I, I mean, it's just every, everything about him, everything he brings to the table is, is great. And I love, I love, everyone just loves being around him. And it's just kind of one of those, like, like I said, it's one of those guys you want to be around, one of those guys you want to talk to. And he's just an overall awesome person. I think he's been a real big part of why I think, again, all three of us young guys have been successful because all three of us have been around him for the past two years now. Yeah, that makes sense. I think we were all kind of sad to see him go when the, when the team let him go last week. But 
also great for him that he winds up with a big league opportunity right away. Yes, I think that was awesome to get a big league opportunity right away and to be able to break the record, uh, Octavia Dotel's record. I think that's just absolutely amazing just to be able to have that under your belt and that's just awesome. Yeah, that's a lot of different jerseys. It is. He said he was going to like make a quilt or something with every jersey. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a big quilt. <laughs> that'd be a really big quilt. Um, I was talking to a scout after your last start um, who told me that he loves watching you pitch because he loves watching you battle. He said you battle as well as everybody. You know, like you look on the mound, like just like you're constantly like fierce and fighting. Have you always been that? Has always that always kind of been your demeanor? Is like you're out there and you're not going to give in. I've always said that mound presence, I think, is a big deal, and you, sometimes I feel like it's almost like a boxing match. You can see when a pitcher is wavering. You can see when a pitcher is not as crisp, when he starts getting banged around or he gives up a few walks. Sometimes a pitcher might be able to like, slowly lose it, and you can see him kind of you know, sputtering and kind of falling off, the, uh, falling off the tracks. So I think one of my mindsets have always been is just try, try to be the aggressor and try to be as fierce and I've always told myself I've always wanted to be feared like Dave Stewart and try to be as much mound presence as I can. Have you talked to Dave? Because I know he comes in every once in a while and kind of works with you guys. Oh yeah, I've, I've told him before, uh, actually when my last starts in Vegas, I asked him, I was like, hey, make sure I'm as mean as you. If I'm not, I want to know. I want to I I be, be mean. If, you know, if, if I got the hitter looking at my stupid mustache or my intense face, whatever it may be, I, funky whatever, wind up, funky wind up whatever, get, whatever gets them just a little bit off of what they're doing to win for me. Do you get many comments from opposing hitters about your delivery? Because it is unusual. You know, you've got, you go over the head, you get a little bit of hesitation in there. Well, do guys say stuff to you? Some guys do. Um, it's just kind of generic stuff where everyone has their own stance, everyone has their own wind-ups, but it, in the grand scheme of things, if you really slow down on the video, we all get into almost the same posi- the same power positions to get to home plate or to swing anyway. So it's whatever mumbo-jumbo we use to get to you know point A to point B to be ready to go. So I think everyone everyone has their own unique way of getting there, and it's just, that's just the, kind of the way, way everyone is. Mumbo-jumbo is a great, great way to describe it. Um, one of the most favorite stories I think I've ever written about a player was we talked last year about your family and your family background, which is really unusual. Your siblings are ballet dancers, and you yourself briefly were a ballet dancer. Has that, I mean, added any sort of dimension at all to you as a baseball player? I mean, just that background, weird as it is? I mean, maybe a little bit. I only danced for about a year, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't say too much. But I think if it, I mean, watching my siblings and how coordinated they are all the way through. Um, I mean, I can't even describe what they can do because they're, they're world class ballet dancers. Yeah, and my little sister Gabrielle, she just got her first uh, at her first job technically with the Oklahoma City Ballet. Oh, that's so great. So now Michael's in the Cincinnati Ballet, and Gabrielle's now in the uh, Oklahoma City Ballet. So they both are, you know, they work way harder than I do. They work, I think it's anywhere from six, eight hours a day, and they're constantly working, and it's just unbelievable. In a way, people always ask, it's so weird that they dance and you play baseball. It's just so much different. I said, not really. Because if you think about baseball, what do we do over and over again? We do the same things over and over again. It's just repetition and trying to be perfect at the repetition. And ballet is the exact same thing. So in a way, people always say that we're very different. I say we're exactly the same. I remember you said something about you probably being the least coordinated member of your family, but actually for a pitcher, you're pretty coordinated. I would, I would, I would say I was, but you know, everyone else might say otherwise. You do have Brady Anderson on the roster, so it's yeah. a, kind of a low bar, <laughs> a very low bar there. Um, and this last question, but I have to ask you, this offseason, you were in the news for a really great reason, kind of like 
made my um, made brought a big smile to my face. Uh, you helped rescue some puppies from where were, they were stuck in a storm drain. What happened? Uh, so there was these puppies we noticed. They'd been there for about a month on the street, and they were terrified of humans. Um, and there was about, I think, eight or nine or ten puppies, and they were all living under these cul these culverts on, on the streets and stuff like that, and many people tried to pick them up. We left food for them multiple times, just trying to let them kind of come out and come to us. Never really happened, and finally, uh, this one shelter slowly started picking them up, and they, she was, you know, leaving meat with some drugs in it, and they'd, you know, pass out. She'd pick them up, and she's taking them in, and they were down to about, I think, three or four, and there was a big freeze coming. I think it was supposed to be the fir first big freeze. It was down to, I think, 27, and they knew they had to get the puppies before that, or they probably most likely would have died, and I was coming home from working out, and these people were all over the street uh, on my way home uh, in the neighborhood, and I kind of asked them, you know, move out of the way, I'm trying to get home. They wouldn't let me go by. I asked them what they needed to do to help, and they said these puppies were running around from them and went into the sewer, the, 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 I guess the sewer opening, thinking it was a safe place, and they fell down 10 feet. And, and then when they were scared and now 10 feet underground in darkness, they ran opposite directions, and so uh, he was down there, asked if he needed help, and I had some hunting waders. Went home, grabbed my hunting waders, and I gave a pair to him. I put my pair on, and we started walking through the sewers with our headlamps and flashlights. And it was a, it was a like a storm drain, so it was a, it was cleaner. They made there's roaches on the walls and stuff like that, but <laughs> nothing that would bother me. That's good. Yeah. Um, and you you have one of the puppies now, right? Yeah, we ended up keeping uh, the, the little girl puppy. Oh. You know, we think she was the runt because she was about half the size of the others and oh, really skinny. Oh, what's her name? Pippa. Pippa. Oh, Pips Week. Oh, that's great. What's she like? Um, so for me, um, still not great. She's still learning human. She's just getting my, my mom and dad are getting a lot better since they babysit. Uh, they babysit her when my fiance travels out to come see me. Uh, my fiance has been doing a great job with her, uh, training with her. I told her, you know, early stages you got to train them and you got to really be harder on her because she is she is a stray she did come up the streets for a whole month so she still has her moments where little things kind of freak her out but with Danielle she's doing very very well and uh, she's still not good with the leash she still can't get her on a leash yet she's she, when you put the leash on her she pulls away and freaks out so we're still little things are working progress but she's she's loving it at home and she's pampered beyond belief oh, and she has my uh, my six-year-old dog, Skylar, taking care of her as well. Oh, that's great. That's a wonderful story. That's a great way to end that. Daniel Mingdon, thanks so much for joining us, and thanks so much for rescuing puppies. Thank you for having me. <laughs> our thanks again to Daniel Mingdon for joining us on A's Plus. Our producers today were Libby Coleman and King Kaufman. We will be back later in the week with more A's Plus. Thanks for listening. A's Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter, at Susan Slusser. Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sanfranciscochronicle.com slash subscribe.